Praise the Lord. Well, how many know it is Ascension Sunday? It's, the, uh, it's actually the seventh Sunday of Easter, but next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. What happened on Pentecost Sunday? The fire, the wind, the, the, the Lord, his temple went global and mobile and a people. It was no longer really about a place. It was about a people wherever they find themselves, wherever that place is, is to become the, the intersection, the overlap between heaven and earth. Do you buy it? So this Sunday, I just want to, I have a very brief talk, and I just, uh, my, my sermon title is called Prepping for Pentecost. Prepping for Pentecost. And how many believe that Jesus, if, when Jesus prays, you, that he gets what he asks for? <laughs> can, we, can we make that theological argument that Jesus probably has a pretty accurate, pretty high ratio, prayer request to prayer granted, heard, received, responded to? G- Jesus is probably pretty good. Probably has a very high percentage. He probably never uses, usually um, misses the mark. And what we find Jesus doing in the, in the shadow of the cross is he's praying. Which if, if we just take seriously the unfolding of the, the, the gospel narrative and we see how important prayer was to the Son of God. Maybe it would cue us to its importance in our own life, checking in all day throughout the day. How many know God loves it when you check in? All day. And it's so significant that in all of the key moments of Jesus' life, like when he's starting his ministry, like when he's picking his 12 disciples, like when he is about ready to go to the cross in the garden, like when he is on the cross, Father, forgive him. <laughs> He's always praying. <laughs> and I would propose to you as we prep for Pentecost and as we find ourselves in this moment in our culture where it just feels, I just, yesterday I just felt tension in my soul all day, just in the moment we find ourselves in as the church and a nation and people. I would propose the best posture we could assume is the posture of expectant prayer. Right? If, if the light is the brightest in the darkness, then I want to be found bowing and postured before the one who hears my voice and responds to my prayers. And so I know Ken preached How many thought he preached pretty decent last week? I know I've never done enough preaching about prayer. I've not done enough trainings or seminars or seminary classes. But the reason we're doing the altar is because we believe that in the place of prayer, expectant prayer, mixed with worship, so it's not boring, and the word, so it's not amiss, 
is the three-corded strand that tethers us to Jesus and we can see his kingdom come. And the reason we're doing the altar is not because we're bored and trying to fill up our schedules or your schedule. We're, we're trying to prepare as a people to adopt a lifestyle and posture of hope-filled, expectant prayer. Because Jesus is our model for life and for ministry and godliness and righteousness and all. We just see Jesus praying and you think, didn't he just spend eternity with his father? Why would he spend his earthly life talking to his father? I remember we fed the homeless when I first moved to California and and there's this big, big, tall dude called Biggie. Uh, perfect name. And we were cooking hamburgers and hot dogs. This is like 12 years ago. And, and I said, wait, we forgot to pray for the meal. You know, being the good pastor that I am and was. And Biggie said, me and the Lord have an understanding. I told him I'm thankful until I tell him otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good theology right there not good theology you know if, of all people who could have taken that posture it would have been Jesus like we're good checked in for all eternity let me go do my ministry but all throughout his life and ministry he's just talking and listening and fellowshipping and looking to and relying on and checking in with and cultivating friendship and dialogue and with his father And I would propose if it was good enough for the Son of God, it's probably good enough for us. So that was a shameless, another plug, join us at the altar. I know sometimes it's difficult to get away for lunch. Trust me, we're going to add more hours. We've just pared back some hours for summer because many of us are going to be traveling here and there. But we still have got about four or five days of prayer. Just come, just check it out. What's the worst that can happen? You have an encounter with Jesus? I mean, bummer. Your prayer gets heard and answered? Darn. Right? A little bit more of the kingdom of God breaks into your life? Ah. You find that you're not alone in your struggle and your sin and your difficulty and your situation, that there's another perspective, that there's a group of people who are in the fight with you? Ah. I'm off that. All right. I just want to pray this prayer. Can we just pray it? Get your Bible out, John 17. Just get your smartphone and and I want to be a man of my word. I really am. I'm going to wind down right now, but I just want to pray this prayer. There's no better way to prep for Pentecost than expectant unified prayer. Amen? The preparation that God gave his disciples was very strategic. It was called unified, persistent, expectant prayer. Say it with me. Unified, persistent, expectant prayer. One more time. Unified, persistent, expectant prayer. How many know it is not an act of faith to just pray wishfully and go, oh, bummer. I hope. How many know he wants us to have that Balls of our feet type of praying. He's going to hear. He's going to hear. When my kids yell for their dad, there is a built-in mechanism in their spirit that when dad hears my voice, 
He may not give me what I want, although he probably will. <laughs> but when, my kid, when I hear my kid's voice, what do I do? Infinitely more, right? So, so the, the way to prep for a move of the Spirit is unified, persistent. Why persistent? How many know that it's in the grind and the process of the waiting is when God does his greatest work in us? Come on, do I have anybody who's got scabs on their elbows and their knees because the, the, the process, instead of it killing you, it made you stronger. It made your faith more refined, more pure, more beautiful. Come on, how many know we, we need the process more than he needs the process? He doesn't need the process. <laughs> Who needs the process? Who needs the preparation? Charles Finney, the great awakening revivalist, said, God is a pent-up revival. Do you see it? I just picture like Hoover Dam. (sighs) He is a pent-up revival. It's not on his end. He's inviting us to unified, persistent, expectant prayer. We humble ourselves. We go lower instead of getting even. We, we pick up our crosses together. I'm telling you, God wants us to prepare as a people for a move of his spirit. He does not want a church that he returns for to be just going about business as usual. He wants to come for a people who are longing to see his face. I'm not saying this to shame anybody, but I'm saying that Jesus is really good with us being excited about him. He's really good with us posturing ourselves, saying, Lord, I don't have a desire for you, but let that be my prayer today. Come on, how many know, just start where you are. God, I don't have an appetite for the, for the word. I don't have an appetite for righteousness. I'm still battling sin. Well, God, I confess that today. Can I start right here and begin to want a new thing and desire a new thing? We just, how many know, I can't, I can't bring where I'm going to be in two weeks. I can only bring where we are today. And the Bible, that's why the Bible says, don't despise it, the small beginnings. I was so encouraged today by my mentor from afar, John Tyson from Church of the City. It's taken them three years to have three one-hour prayer meetings, five days a week. Three years. That really encouraged me. And maybe you're not a pastor and I'd encourage you, but the process is what forms and makes us. So when the power comes, there's, a, there's an inner structure of fortitude and, and character development that when he comes, it doesn't kill us. Instead, we become conduits of the power and in the beauty and the love and the, the glory and goodness of Jesus and his kingdom. Power corrupts us unless we've been adequately prepped and prepared on the inside. I've never seen, it's just not good for us. Unless we have the inner fortitude and transformation, the guts and the girth to hold up the anointing. All right, let's pray Jesus' prayer. This is gonna be the sermon. I just wanna pray his prayer, and this is the sermon. And then we're gonna pray all week together at the altar in your private time, and we're gonna prep, and we're gonna believe for God to pour out, do something special. We're gonna, we're gonna invite each other on a, 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 a special hunt this week of preparation. 
Unified prayer. All right. John 17. Is everybody happy? I'm so happy. So I'll just, I'll read it. I, I, I didn't give you the whole thing, so just scratch all that stuff. I just want to, I want you to hear the word of the Lord. This is Jesus praying. And interestingly enough, the Son of God, throughout his whole ministry, never asks for glory. Except for he asks to be glorified while he's on the cross. <laughs> I just, that ruins me. This is the moment, Father, glorify me. I just want to be like him. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all of those you've given him. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. Do you see it? It's the hour of my glory, the cross. This is when the revelation, the full revelation of my goodness and my love and my power and my saving capacity, this is when it's going to be on full blast display. How many know life is always and only found in and through the person of Jesus Christ? He is the life. (laughs) In him was life. He is the light, life, light. Right? I've revealed you to those you've given me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they've obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you've given me comes from you. This is all Jesus' prayer. For I gave them the words that you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. This is Jesus saying, Father, my ministry wasn't a failure. (laughs) Everyone else abandoned me, but 12 dudes, well, one of them denied me, but they believe who I am, who you said I am. (laughs) This is, I mean, come on, every son has that talk with his father. I'm not a failure. I'm making something of what you gave me. This is Jesus. Father, they believed They're short-sighted, they're carnal, they need the baptism of the fire of the Holy Spirit, but they obeyed my word. You gave them to me, and they came to me when I called their name. Oh, Father, it wasn't all for nothing. We've got a few that we can change the world through. Can you imagine it? He doesn't need a lot. He just needs a few. He doesn't need a majority. Okay, back to the passage. I pray for them. Jesus prayed for his friends. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you've given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. Can you imagine that? Just look to your left and your right. That person can bring God glory. You may be thinking, no way, not me. Yes way, Yahweh. Yes, you. God can do anything if we offer him who we are. He can get glory through your life. Can you imagine that? (gasps) 
I will remain in the world no longer. He's about ready to go to the cross. But they're still in the world. I'm coming to you now. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them, and I kept them safe by the name that you gave me. None of them has been lost except for the one doomed to destruction so that Scripture would be fulfilled, Judas, who betrayed Jesus. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world. You know why I like that? Because we're still living in the residual effect of the prayer that Jesus prayed when he walked the earth. (laughs) I just think that's cool. I mean, his prayers from heaven are sufficient and good. How many know he fully identifies with our weakness? He knows about our idiosyncrasies and our hang-ups, our weakness. Come on, am I giving anyone hope this morning that he knows? I'm praying this not on the other side of the big cross I'm about to endure. I'm praying it on this side of it. That just gives me hope. I'm coming to you now, but I'm still in the world. I pray this so that they may be the most grumpy batch of born-again believers in history. (laughs) Grumpiness, cynicism, and critical nature spirit is not a fruit of God's prayer. (laughs) He's about ready to die, and the Son of Man has joy on his mind. Can you think of it? Oh. Hurry up. And he doesn't just want us to have a little joy. I pray that occasionally he prayed the full measure of his joy in us. Who needs more? Whose joy tank is lacking today? I need the full measure of the Son of God's joy. I got four people who want the joy. Lord, get them right now. (laughs) Jesus. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they're not of the world any more than I'm of the world. And just before we start to pick up our stones and start naming enemies, then he prays this. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Jesus locates the root of all of the opposition. It's the evil one. Amen. Come on, someone say amen. Amen. People are not the enemy. Principalities and powers that are energized by the demonic forces in the realm of darkness, the prince of the age. Right? This is why Jesus can say love your enemy. Because it's not about them. It's the principality and power energizing their framework, their thought, their outlook. Lay down your life. Love your enemy. They're not your enemy. There's an enemy that's the enemy that I'm taking care of. Okay. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, because then what would happen to the world? You protect them. They're not of the world, even as I'm not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Nazarene Church's favorite Bible verse. Your word is truth. Make them holy. Set them apart. Let them be totally given over to my kingdom purposes with every breath and every step that they breathe and take. That's being sanctified. Right? Come on, Gene. Made holy, set apart, given fully over to God and his kingdom and his purpose and his mission and himself. 
As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. All right, here's the last part, and then we're going to leave. My prayer is not for them alone. Thanks be to God. Because I wasn't one of the 12. I wasn't born in first century AD. Were you? Unless you're like an anomaly, you found some secret fountain, or your skincare is just dynamite. (laughs) But I'm not just praying for them. I pray also for all of those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I am them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory that you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you've sent me. I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Prepping for Pentecost. This week, return to John 17 every day. I'll do it if you'll do it. Pray the prayer of Jesus. Make them one. Prepare them for Pentecost. And if you flip over, if you feel really zealous in your devotional life this week, read the book of Acts. 28 chapters. Prepare your heart for a move of God. If there's areas that are out of whack, that are out of proper orientation or alignment to God or to a brother or a sister, let's use this week to pursue a spirit of unity so that the spirit of Jesus can be poured out. How many know it is Jesus, his kingdom, and his spirit that unifies us? Right, Robert? I see that hand. I believe that a move of unity is a move of God and a move of power. That's why I believe Jesus didn't preach a sermon on unity. He prayed a prayer for unity. Because both the power of Pentecost and the unity necessary to receive that power, both are the result of God, his initiative his empowerment, and his sustenance. Amen? So I love that he didn't preach him a sermon. I mean, that would have been cool and a great message. He pr- Whenever Jesus knows the greatest work is about to happen, he prays it into a reality instead of preaches it into a reality. So thank you, Paul. So, Father, this week, just pray with me, and we'll close. 
Would you prepare us for Pentecost? Would you prepare us as a people for an outpouring of your presence? Would you unify us around the person and work of Jesus Christ? Would we be sanctified? Would we come out of compromise, out of a diluted faith into that place of, Lord, here am I, all of me for you. Sanctify us. Set us aside, set us apart as a people on the earth who look like, love like, and live like Jesus together. So Holy Spirit, we ask that this whole week would just be filled with your activity, that your word would percolate in our spirit, that Lord, you'd begin to address issues in our heart and life that need repentance, that need cleansing, that need unity, that need clarity. It's not some big, heavy assignment. It's just posturing ourselves before the Lord of glory, saying, Holy Spirit, come. Write the word and the prayer of Jesus upon my heart. And Lord, we know that the implications for the unity within the body of Christ has unprecedented potential to change the landscape of our cities, of our culture, of our nation and the nations. What you do in us, you ultimately want to do through, all, through us through, for all creation. And so, Lord, thank you for hearing your, your son's prayer as he was on the earth, and we come into agreement with his prayer here today. May we see and experience and taste of your love, your unity, and your glory. May our message not just be with words, but with power. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. 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 So everyone, what's our assignment this week? John 17 and the book of Acts. You got this. Come on, someone say, I got this. And hey, before you leave, come to the altar. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We don't ever sing that at the altar, but come to the altar. We do sing it. Uh, Every day during the summer, it's just going to be from 12 to 1. So you can squeeze it in your lunch, 12 to 1, 12 to 1, Monday through Thursday. Okay? There's others that others are leading, but I'm going to let them promote it because some of us are going to be traveling from 12 to 1, 12 to 1, 12 to 1, 12 to 1. And... uh, Let's press in this week. Who wants to prepare for a move of God as the people of God? Come on, stand to your feet. I want to send you guys out. I want to send you out with a blessing. I'm going to go old school. And it's new school because it's so good. The Lord bless you and wreck you. Wait. Put your hands out, receive this beautiful blessing. This is the priestly blessing of number six. It's a beautiful, and it is fulfilled in and through Jesus, the high priest, the king. Amen. Just receive this benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Have a good week. We'll see you.